Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Wright. I'll be your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Dennis Bullet. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Thank you <laughs> so much for joining me today, Dennis, and thank you for joining us on today's podcast episode. As you may remember, this podcast exists because words matter, and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one, on a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we hope to challenge you and encourage you to communicate in healthy ways. Because we know when you do, your world will change for the better and the world will change. So today, Dennis, we're jumping into a podcast episode about how do we get rid of the nerves before we speak publicly. Like, what are some concrete ways to ditch the nerves? Have you ever gotten nervous before you've had to I mean, I'm nervous right now. I'm nervous right now. I'm always nervous. You're always but, nervous. Well, I mean, you know, I tried to tell you before the show that I never get nervous. That's true. You did. I lied to you. Well, you, you, it was it was all of us. It yeah. was the whole podcast it was, crew. Yeah, I was lying. But we weren't surprised because, you know... Because you've seen me sweat. I'm a sweater. When I get nervous, I start sweating. Things start happening. And, it does. And yeah, it's never fun to like go up on stage and like be already wet. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Sweaty. It's kind of gross. I, I could tell you this, and I know podcast listeners, you probably you know are already wondering, wow, wow, I'm really getting a lot of in, inside information on Jason and Dennis. This is, yeah, this is embarrassing almost. But one of my evaluation points after I speak is really how sweaty I am. <laughs> Because I, I, honestly enough, the less I sweat, the less nervous I was, the less, the, the more I was prepared. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Now, it, it all depends. If I'm on a stage with tons of lighting, yeah, I'm going to Yeah, or crazy. like in Cuba or somewhere. <laughs> Where there's no Dominican air conditioning. Republic. You yes. know, it's a little yes. warm down there. And so, Dennis, have you ever had a moment where the nerves got so out of control that you were like, I've, I've got to do something with these nerves. I know whenever it's like a super important thing that I get super nervous. Like, like you yeah. know, if you're, if you're, if it's your final message, like you're leaving a church or you're, you know, leaving a place and you're saying goodbye, I usually get emotional. Yeah. And so then I get like nervous and emotional, but it's also either whenever it's like your first time. So I remember like the first time I ever preached in Spanish and I was like a nervous wreck because yep. I wasn't sure if I had the right words and I don't read my sermons or my talks or anything. So, I, you know, I used to try to like think, okay, so what's that word going to be? Because yep. I got to look that one up. But, yep. but I, yeah, the first time I ever spoke in Spanish, it was one of those stories where like, I, I don't remember the talk. Mm. I only remember the leading up to it and the afterwards, like, I finally did it. I did it. You know, so yeah. yeah, those are times like first time, last time are always like yeah, huge nerve wracking times. Yeah, I can remember two off off the top of my hand, and I only remember one because I posted a picture on Facebook this last week of me in the eighth grade talking in front of my church as an eighth grader. And the thing that I remember most is I had to use three phone books. Do you remember phone books? <laughs> remember them? I mean, they were like this thick. I had to use three phone books to stand on so I could actually see over the lectern. But once I did, but I can remember being so nervous that my hands just shook on either side of the thing. The other one that really comes to mind is years ago, I had just dreamed for a long time to speak at this uh, retreat center called Spring Hill. It's in, 
it's in way up here in Michigan in the up, upper upper part of the lower peninsula. And it's a it's a big camp, thousand students a weekend. I had just dreamed of being there. And I finally got the invite and I worked myself up so much mm. with all the what if it doesn't go well? What if you mess up? What if they don't relate? What if they don't like it? I, I did all of the things that you're not supposed to do because I didn't I didn't put the audience first. I put myself first and I was so nervous. I mean, I was so nervous. I, I, the sweating was crazy. It's kind of like a date. Shaking. Oh, <laughs> it's like, it's like when you go to ask, so you know, I, I remember when I met Janelle. Yep. And the first time I needed to talk to her, we were, this is a funny story. It has nothing to do with communication. Well, it has a lot to do with communication. But first time I ever met her, we're working at Publix together and I'm bagging for her. And, you know, sometimes when you get nervous, really weird stuff comes out of your out of your mouth absolutely and i said something like i i had to bend over to pick something up that fell on the ground and i'm like 17 and i said oh i'm getting too old for this and i was like man that is not going to impress her at all <laughs> but she's awesome so she laughed and the rest is history that was so, it yeah that was it we say there you go. We sorry that was thing. an aside no it was <laughs> great but it is so true when we get nervous, we say things that we're like, why did I say that? Like, I can't even believe it. Yeah. And you work yourself up oh, instead of like up. focusing on what you're going to say. You focus on, well, what are they going to think of me and how am I going to say it and what's going to happen? Absolutely. So for years, I've heard and read that public speaking is one of the greatest fears of the nation. And so I did a little Googling and it still comes up in the top five. It turns out other things are starting to replace it more and more. Uh, but I love like not getting enough likes on Facebook. Absolutely. I mean, there are those type of things that's like, okay, these this is a bigger deal. So so and public speaking, sorry, I got Anyway, you. so I love this quote by Jerry Seinfeld. According to most studies, people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. Death is number two. Does that sound right? This means to the average person, if you go to a funeral, you're better off in the casket than delivering the eulogy. Like, Yes. I love that. But it's so true. So why is it? Why do some people have such a huge fear? And why do we let the nerves just take us over? Man, I think it's because, for me at least, it's because I'm thinking more about what people are thinking of me. Yes. And I don't want to sound like an idiot. Yep. So I'm a little prideful yeah. when it comes to that. Like, you know, am I too fat or am I this or am I going to be funny or are they going to think I'm you know, a goofball, or am I going to say something that doesn't make sense, or am I not smart enough? All of those things kind of like start crushing yep. in on you whenever yep. you're the one that people are listening to. Yeah, for me, it's some of that, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's some of that self-centered stuff, you know, because I replay, I took those and I replaced it with what's best for my audience and what will really help them. If I focused on those things, I'm a whole lot less nervous. Yeah. Um, I, I was reading on a great website, uh, an author by the name of Joey Asher from the website Speechworks, but he says there's a great deal of research that goes into glossophobia. Glossophobia. This is the real phobia for the fear of public speaking. And uh, he said the, the reality of it is there's a lot of things that go into it, but some of it can be uh, psychologists can trace actually back to our childhood because of some childhood trauma. And so that like affects stage fright. Uh, other people say it like gradually builds over time because it, it gets us out of our comfort zone and, you know, we don't want to be do that. Other people actually say it's a byproduct of low self-esteem. I love this by Mark Twain. He said, there's two types of speakers in the world, the nervous ones 
and liars. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so it's kind of normal. It's kind of normal. We all get nervous. Yeah. We all get nervous. And so most of us fear public speaking for the same reason that we fear skydiving, because we weren't necessarily designed to jump out of airplanes. I mean, we do it. I would never do it, but people do it. But we weren't necessarily designed for that big type of speaking. This is much more easier for people. True, true. And we're able to do that. So what is the... Well, and we're not comfortable with it. We, we don't do it often. Most, no. Of, most of us aren't like no. getting up every day and making no. a speech. And even, even like, I, I'm, I'm no expert or, you know... I crazy. thought you were going to say, I've spoken 4,000 times in front of 70 million people. <laughs> no. What I was going to say is I... Even as many times as I have gotten in front of people, I still I still get that twinge. I yeah. still get that twinge, yeah. that nervous twinge. So what does it look like? What do the nerves attack feel like when they when they come on before you speak? Where we talked about sweating, what are some of the other things that kind of plague you? Oh, I definitely feel it in my stomach. You know, people say butterflies, but I don't know if it's a butterfly or a lion in there, like growling at me. Right. Like, what? Um, I, you know, sometimes you sh start shaking. Yep. It's like shakiness is, yep. is a big thing. Um, man, there's all kinds of stuff, but for Nausea. me, for me, it's like the stomach, I start feeling the stomach. Then I'm like, oh no, what if I'm going to have to go to the bathroom whenever I'm up there? <laughs> so then I go to the restroom yep. and I, and usually you're mic'd up. So you're like, uh oh, I hope this mic is off. Right. And then you come back out and then it's like your turn to go up and you're like, oh no. So now, where are my notes? Is everything ready? Now I'm sweating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. T uh, you, you could get dryness of the mouth, uh, oh, the yes. sweating, the tightness of your chest, or the ner the nerves in your stomach. <laughs> I mean, even for some people, like they forget to unlock their knees, and so they start to feel woozy. Yeah. I, mean, I move around too much, so it doesn't happen to me. There's just so many things. But maybe for you, as you're listening to this, maybe your boss has asked you to deliver a presentation in front of you know your peers at your workplace, your stomach's just a knot. Maybe you've been asked to, to to do a speech at your local chamber, and every time you think about it, your nerves get out of control. Maybe you're about to do a major proposal to a new client, and you're just you know wherever it is. Maybe you're about to get up and you know talk in front of your small group or at church. Whatever it is, what we want to do on this podcast is give you three concrete ways to ditch the nerves before the next time you have to do some public speaking. Three ways. Three ways. Let's start with number one. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Now, I know I just gave you three. Sounds ways. like three to me. Sounds like three, but it's really one. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Colin Powell said, there's no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. I had a, I had a professor just in college that used to say, preparation is the key to success. That was it. it. Like That was the thing that he told us all the time preparation is the key to success when you're prepared then you'll be more successful that doesn't mean you're not going to be nervous right but at least you know kind of your content what yes, you're going to say but that preparation can help calm those nerves i mean pe people like the the more time you put in i think of it this way you know i'm not a nature guy i used to live in a, in an area where like i was surrounded by nature and I learned to like and appreciate it. And I learned to like start fires and sit around the fire. I've really never been like a sit around the fire guy. But uh, I learned, you know, as I was learning how to start fires and grow them, the more that you kind of 
poke and prod them and get things moving and add more you know lumber to it, they grow. The preparation is the same way. The more time you're able to spend preparing, it just lowers the nerves and it gets you to this place where you cannot wait to deliver whatever you need to deliver. And, and that's the key to preparation. Because if you don't put any preparation time in, of course the nerves are going to get out of control. And of course you're not going to be ready to deliver. So it's just, it's just helpful. And preparation is so important whether you're doing you know, a Zoom meeting, whether you're speaking five minutes at your company's all staff, like whatever it is. So let's talk about some preparation tactics. Like what are some things that you do to prepare and to get ready for, you know, speaking in public? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of things you can do. But one of the things that, that I like doing the most is actually <laughs> trying to find out the environment that I'm going to be in. Yes, so we're going to talk about some other things, but one of my all-time favorites is like, if I know I'm going to be speaking, like let's say when I was in Mexico, I would speak in chapel. It was like once every quarter. <laughs> like They didn't let me speak a lot. I don't know why. I'll have some conversations about that later. But they, they, they let me speak and I'd be like, okay, so how am I going to do it? And then where am I going to be? Like, where is the chapel going to be? Because we had two different places that chapel would be. So if it's going to be this auditorium, then it's like, I know I need to prepare this way. And if it's going to be this other auditorium, then I can prepare the other way. Yep. So I would actually go, physically go to the places. And it's not, you can't always do that. But go try to get a lay of the land. Where are people going to be sitting? Where am I going to be coming up from? On, you know, when they come up on the stage, where am I going to sit? All that stuff kind of like just helps you get that visual of how is it going to be whenever you're speaking. Um, obviously, like, you can't always do that. Yep. But, but when, when you can, man, that's what I do to prepare. I try to take everything that I can and figure out, okay, this is what it's going to be like. Even when I'm invited somewhere, I'll try to get in, sneak in before the event starts and and kind of see what it's going to be like. I think that's so, I think that's in, so incredibly helpful just to be able to help visualize what it's going to be like. What does it look like? What are the lighting going to be like? You know, because the... nerves usually come from the unknown, right? So if you if you have something that you can like reduce the amount of things that are unknown, then all you really have is you know your performance, and yeah. you you can control a little bit more of what you're going to do based on what you see and what you know your environment. So, yep. And I think if you can't do that, it's so important to show up as possibly early as you can. So at least if you can't see it way ahead of time, go early, get a lay of the land, walk around the room, you know, just experience it as much yeah, as you can. Yeah, for sure. That's just huge. Well, let me add to that. One of the things that I do, and it's just it's just something I, I've called the clarity box. I really wish I had a better name for it. So maybe we can do like a brainstorming session sometime. <laughs> but I've created a, a clarity box, which is really for me like one of the secret sauces to my preparation. Uh, anytime I deliver a message or a, a Facebook video or a, a reel or a, a message at a church or whatever, whatever I'm doing, I always use a clarity box. And so what I thought I'd do is just kind of walk through the box. Now I'm typically not a box kind of guy. Like I don't, no one puts baby in a box, you know, <laughs> like I, I don't I think that's corner, but okay. <laughs> I got it wrong. But thank you. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I love you. It's okay. You went up to the fact checkers. We got it. <laughs> But you got to think outside the box. You got to think that's outside where, the box. That's where you're going. But for this situation, 
I, I really like having the box because it keeps my message clear. Because for years, for me as a speaker, I never struggled with keeping people's attention, telling stories, you know, giving them content, but it ended up being over here and over here and over here. And then things, I mean, oh, it, was, yeah. it was everywhere. So for me, what really helped ditch the nerves in my preparation is coming up with a system that before I communicate anything, like I've worked through it. So here's, here's for me. It starts with the 30,000 foot view and it kind of works itself down. Kind of think of it as a funnel. You start with the, you know, the, the bigger thoughts and you're going to kind of hone your message down. So for me, it starts with a word. What is the, the one word that sums up what this, you know, speech or presentation or message or whatever is about? And sometimes it's a couple of words, you know, but what is that word? And then I have a central idea of that word. So, so there's word, there's a central idea. So, okay, what's the central idea? So let's, let's, let's brainstorm right here, right? We're on our podcast. Oh boy. So give me a, give me a topic. <laughs> we didn't talk about this beforehand. So uh, okay. Let's talk about hope. Hope. Okay. Fantastic. So hope would be your word. And then now you've kind of go down to a central idea of about, of hope. And so what would be our, our central idea? Um, like, does it have to be super specific or is it just like coming out of the word it's, hope? It's getting more and more specific as you go down. Okay. As you go down. So like. Hope, hope is, hope, hope is uh, not just, how about hope? And then our central idea is something to the effect of uh, hope is not a fairy tale. It's a very real, okay. real thing. Okay. So then we will go to the no. So then I actually have a chart. And if you want to see this or you want it, you can email me, jason at speakwithpeople.com. I feel free to email it to you. So we have the word, we have the central idea, and then we have the no. What do we what do we want people, what do I want people to know about the central idea? Okay, and so it's K-N-O-W, no. K-N-O-W. So now what do I want them to know about hope and uh, hope is just not it's hope not is a, real. Hope is real. That's what Not I want them to know. Deal. Perfect. Then to the do. So now it's the word, the central idea, know and do. What do I want them to do with this information? Like as soon as they hear it, I want to give them some. So what do we want them to do with hope is real? I don't know. Okay. Live, live in hope. Live in hope. Mm -hmm. That's your do. That's Act perfect. On hope. I don't know. So then I'm taking that information and I'm writing my big idea statement after that. Because for me as a speaker, I... I want to create a one sentence, short, memorable, repeatable, and applicable sentence. So when they walk out from listening to my, my presentation, when someone asks them, what was it about? And they say things like, oh, it was funny, or it was so deep, or it, it was good. I want them to be able to go. It was about that one time whenever he was in high school. Right. I want them to be able to uh. give that sentence. And so then I write that sentence about hope you know, for whatever it is. So I'm just, I just work down all of the things. So after the big idea, then it would be my sub big idea points. It's getting kind of crazy. Sub big idea. Okay. And typically I'm a three point guy. It is, it has worked since the dawn of time. There's a reason <laughs> I think why some of the best plays are in, you know, three acts. I mean, stories have a story arc to it. And so I, then I write those out. And then at the very end, then I walk, I, I write out what are some experiential moments that I, I want to bring into this or some stories. So then right then and there, 
I have everything that I need before I even walk into my preparation. Then I take that clarity box. Then I go and write it. I create my slides. There's a there's other podcasts we're going to do about that. But for me, that really helps with the preparation. Yeah. So the clearer you are, the clearer about your message. That's it. The better. So when someone's so like last week at Podfest, when you and I and the podcast team, I sat down with someone from a a, a um, leadership books, and he was talking to me about okay, what does it look like to be an author and write a book and all that kind of stuff? And he said, tell me about the book you want to write. Well, not to brag, but I've I've done that system with the book I want to write, and I was able to give him a very clear, succinct look into what it was. And I think that just separates clear speakers you know, and presentations from people who didn't prepare and didn't really get everything as focused as possible. And that helps with nerves because yes. then you know, you know where you're going. You know and exactly a lot of the stuff, like, I mean, I know some of us are perfectionists. That's not me anymore. I'm a recovering perfectionist. But I know that sometimes we want the speech or the thing that we're going to say to be perfect and exact. Right. Exactly the way that it is on our Google Doc. Yes, and then we get up in front of people and we forget half of it. Right. Or we start chasing rabbits. And to know exactly what it is that you want people to walk out with helps you whenever you're nervous because you know that no matter what else you say, yep. even if you mess it up or you forget that really cool story that you thought of like for three weeks that you were going to include in there, yep. nobody else knew. Yep. Nobody else knew that it wasn't in there whenever right. you're done. Right. So you can, you can mess up a whole lot. Yeah. Whenever you've got the bones and you know exactly where you're going with but it. But because of that preparation, you're, you're so right. If you have the clarity intact and you're focused on that, it's just, it's just going to lower those nerves. So pre prepare, prepare, prepare. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Second concrete way, practice. I talked about Alan a little bit too, uh, too soon there. <laughs> Sorry about that. Practice. Practice. We're talking about practice. But practicing is so important. I, uh, I love the great quote from the great uh, Dunder Mifflin regional manager michael scott he said sometimes i'll start a sentence i don't even know where it's going i just hope i find it along the way that if we go into present you know giving our presentation or speaking with that type of mindset no offense michael scott we are not going to succeed but if we prepare and we practice we're going to be so ready to get up and deliver yeah yeah, and, and you got to practice with all the things that you're trying to use. Yes. So like if you have a, an object, uh, sorry, if you have an object lesson, you need to practice that. Right. Like you don't want to get up in front of people and throw balls at a mirror and have the mirror not break, right? Like if that's the whole like punchline <laughs> of the entire thing, you kind of want to practice that. <laughs> you got to make you know sure the mirror breaks. Yeah, like... And and yeah, so, uh, it's, a very, a whole, it's a very, it's a real very example. real example. <laughs> if you know us, you know what we're talking about. If you don't, come to the next words matter. Come to the word next words matter yeah. night. But yeah, you're so right. Like if if I practice reason of it. So here's a here's a simple way to practice because I think there's kind of a rhyme and a reason yeah. to it. And so here's just what I do. If if it works for you, great. If you find your own, great. But for me, <clears throat> after I'm done writing everything. I then read it two to three, four times. And then I'm just kind of doing quick edits. I find things, I find things, and I write it out word for word. I word for word. I, I may not always read it word for word, but it just kind of helps me get into that process. So then I read it. Then I say it out loud. I speak it out loud. So I'm kind of going through it. And then I do that a couple of times. And yes, this is tedious, but 
is so important to the process of becoming a clear and focused presenter. Mm -hmm. These these practices will really help you ditch the nerves. And the, I mean, yeah. you're still to to, to the, they'll help you get to the point where the nerves. Yeah, every time before I get up, I still feel it in my stomach. But because I've done all of this, it goes from you know this kind of much. You know, I would much rather have nerves that have to do with the audience than nerves that have to do with my content. Yes. Yes. Because when I have nerves with my content, then the nerves from the audience are so much bigger. Absolutely. If I if I know I'm just standing up in front of people and I, I you know, I want to make sure I deliver something great and I want to make sure that that they're smiling and laughing and we're all having a good time, that's a completely different nervousness yes. than being like, Am I gonna be clear about my message? Am I gonna remember what I was trying to say? Especially when you have an important message. Yes. Like like I I think that preaching is extremely important. So whenever I'm preaching a message, I want to make sure that I know that content. Like right. I don't want to mess up. Right. I don't want to be like, oh, the Bible says this and it doesn't. Yep. But if I'm, you know, and if I'm in front of my class, I want to know that I'm teaching the, the yep. right thing. But but I would much rather be more nervous about the people than I am about the content. Like if I know the content like the back of my hand and I've practiced. Yep then I can most certainly get up and now I'm just in the, almost like in an entertainment mode where I can, okay, hey, this is what we're going to talk about today and let's go. And then then it's just me becoming comfortable with the crowd more than trying to become comfortable with my content that's in my brain or with the slides that are going to yes. go across the screen yeah. or any of those kinds of things Absolutely. or the object lesson. I love that. So if you read it, <clears throat> you get up and speak it and say it, and then you actually stand up and you start to practice the delivery. One of the great things is stand in front of a mirror. I mean, I've read this on so many uh, speakers and presenters that, I mean, so many people like look, look for, you know, some of those kind of things. And or nowadays you can just record yourself doing it and just watch Just record it. yourself. Put or your phone up there. like Ryan Leap talked about in podcast number, earlier podcast on this podcast, he talked about, you know, watching yourself on mute. Yeah. So record it and then watch yourself on mute and just see like, am I smiling? Am I, am I looking at people? Am I, how am I using my hands and gestures? So you, you read it, you speak it, you stand up and, and actually practice it. And then lastly, if you have slides or different objects that you're bringing into it, like make sure you practice them, make sure you practice them. Yeah. It's so incredibly important because You'll, you'll be able to do this. So. And the, another thing that I would say too, like one thing that I used to do too is I would read what I was going to say. Like I would read the speech out, but record it yes. on an audio recorder. Yes. And then like for, you know, a couple of days, I would listen to it and I would get it down, you know? Okay, this is the flow. Yep. This is where I'm going with it. Then I, it makes it easier to remember the illustrations. Absolutely. Because sometimes you get the points, but then you forget the illustrations. And so you're like, okay, I really want to remember this story. So if I read the whole thing, then I know where I'm going yes. with that story. And I listen to it and it gets in the brain. And I, I don't know much about brain science, but I think there's like a groove that it ends up just like repaving that yep. way. And then you get up in front of people and you're like, I've already heard this six times. So you're ready to go. I'm pretty good you're at it. You're ready to go. And we'll talk about this on a future episode, but but should I memorize it? Should it not be memorized? Should I read it? Should I not read it? But you're exactly right. And that kind of leads us into our third point, our third concrete way to ditch the nerves. We just have to breathe. We just have to breathe. breathe. So you've done all the work. You've rehearsed it. You've practiced it. You've written it. Now you just have to breathe. Breathing is so incredibly important. I tell this to people that I coach all the time. I mean, if they're in a nervous situation, just breathe. 
big, deep breaths in, big, deep breath out. You know, I mean, do everything that you can. And, and when you're doing that breathing, turn everything else off. Put the phone down, shut the laptop, sit up straight because there's just something about the breathing process when you breathe in and you breathe out that just helps bring this calming. Yes, this like calming. Like the karate effect. kid. Like the karate kid. Breathe in, breathe out, Daniel Sun. If you've never gone to the speakwithpeople.com website, if you go to our blog on the website, every single week on Mondays, we publish a leadership article that I think are just really, really helpful. And we published one a couple of months ago actually on this. It's called Optimizing the Brain, Optimizing Your Brain. And in it, our author, uh, Caitlin Neal, she wrote about the 321 focus tool. And this is just a huge, this is a huge tool that you can use before you get up and speak what you're doing. And so this is just a short three-step process that kind of forces your mind to think practically by using your senses and, and your powers of observation. So kind of what it does is your brain engages in your frontal lobe with this three-step process, and it kind of helps remove all the other stuff that we talked about in the beginning. Oh, what are they going to think? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to like my content? Am I sweating too much? You know, it kind of removes so much of those kind of things. And so this will allow your frontal lobe to gain back control so you can think clearly and logically, which is so incredibly important. So three steps to the three, two, one focus. Three, look around your environment and list three objects that you see. Okay, so three objects. So, okay, I see the microphone. I see the camera. I see Christy on the couch telling me I'm not going to have many minutes left. But <laughs> that's, okay, three objects. And then two, listen closely and pick out two distinct sounds that you hear. Okay, well, one, I have tinnitus, so I always hear a ringing in my ear. So that's <laughs> one. And then two, I think I heard a cat a little bit ago destroy okay. something upstairs. And then one, take a deep breath through your nose and identify one scent that you smell. Oh, boy. I just, I just, I just smell freshness. <laughs> But these are great, these are great tools, especially 15 minutes. When you're ten, speaking to youth groups, minutes. though, you might not want to do that last you one. You might not want to do that last one. But these are great tools, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before you're about to get up and do the presentation, speak at a youth group, you know, get in front of a class if you're a teacher or professor, you know. You can even do this, like, let's say you're at a thing at work and they break into groups and you're waiting for your turn and you're like yeah, nervous absolutely. as can be. Uh, you could probably do those to kind of focus on what you're trying to focus on. Absolutely, I'm gonna. So I'm you want to stop after the one thing? Yes, absolutely. And then get ready, and then get and then get ready. And for me, I will tell you, every single time before I walk on that stage, I take three big deep breaths. And what they do is they just really help calm the last bit of little nerves. Because then, like we talked about before, you're ready. Like you're almost ready to explode because you've gone over the content, you've gone over everything so many times, like you just can't get up. I know we titled this three concrete ways. I'm going to give a fourth. Oh, boy. Bonus. And it's going to be quick. Here's the bonus one. You just got to keep thinking about your audience. Because the more you think about them, what's going on in their lives. How this is helping them. How this is helping them. How this is going to give them hope or encouragement or challenge or whatever I'm presenting. Just keep thinking about them. Uh, Maya Angelou, I think I pronounced that correctly. She said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's 
so incredibly powerful. I'm a quote guy, so I have one more quote. Gerald Ford said, if I went back to college again, I'd concentrate on two areas, learning to write and to speak before an audience. Nothing in life is more important than the ability to communicate effectively in front of people. It's just so incredibly true. So those are four concrete ways to help you ditch the nerves before you have to get up and speak to your company or your church or your youth group or your class uh, for your for the next time that you have to get up. I hope those are helpful. Awesome. Awesome. We just can't thank you enough for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you will join in online and join our community. I don't know if you know that we have a Speak With People online community. If you search on Facebook, Speak With People public group, you'll find this online community where every single week we're posting articles and podcasts and videos and helpful tools to help you become a more healthy communicator. I also, before you leave, wanted to make sure that you remember about the Speakers Conference. I can't even believe it's coming up next month, March 21 to 23, thespeakersconference.com. I'm excited to join in together with other leaders as we learn how to communicate so effectively, so compellingly that our audience leans in to hear what we have to say and what we have to present. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Dennis, thank you for joining me today. Like always, incredible information. But this podcast exists because words matter and we believe healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one on a team from a stage or from behind the screen, we hope that you were challenged today, encouraged, given hope, given hope <laughs> that the next time that you present in front of a group, you can help ditch the nerves by grabbing hold of one of these concrete ways to do. Well, thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.